Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Kristen Eichhammer. And joining us back in studio, it's been a minute, is the Daily Signal's Mary Margaret Olihan. Mary Margaret, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a fun <laughs> show. We're, we're changing it up a little bit today. We're talking a lot about Valentine's Day, the Super Bowl, dating, marriage, all of the things. But it's a big week. It's a big week. We have the Super Bowl on Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And here is my pitch for the Super Bowl. I am not a fan of either of these teams. I honestly, at the end of the day, could care less who wins. But I think I'm going to root for the 49ers. And here's why. Because Uh every (laughs) single woman under the age of 40 in America is voting for the Kansas City Chiefs because of Travis Kelsey. And like the poor 49ers, they need a little love. I love that you said voting. Voting. They're voting. voting. I do that all the time. (laughs) How do you know you work in the field of policy and politics? (laughs) Rooting, voting, same thing, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, Mary Margaret, from your reaction, I'm judging that you are fully in on the Chiefs. I am definitely rooting for the Chiefs this weekend. Not only because Harrison Butker is a serious mm. Catholic and talks about his big family and the importance that of his That is a good faith, reason. Which I think is awesome. But also because I love Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey together. <laughs> I think it is awesome. <laughs> you and... Every other woman in America. <laughs> yeah, it's okay though. Sometimes it's our it's all right if we're basic or if we fit in with the crowd. You know, I I agree with that. It's, I think you shouldn't not like something just because everyone else likes something. True, and everyone has that. You were reliving our childhood, right? Where yes. she's saying you belong with me, and she's finally yes. having that come full circle. There have been a ton of videos out there that show <laughs> um, she's you know in the bleachers, and and now she is yes. like maybe in a box, which is a totally different experience than high school football stadium but she's made it she <laughs> she made it a while ago <laughs> know, but like if you think about it i and I, I should just put out a disclaimer right now well I, wait hold on are you going into hot takes because we have hot takes in a second no okay <laughs> save, save your hot takes for in what's the plan for today yeah we're, we're all over the place here we're totally excited. totally new plan today up on problematic women obviously taylor swift is dating what some say is the first real man she has ever dated is that true mary margaret is definitely gonna let us know <laughs> Uh, We give our hot takes throughout, plus a special guest joins to talk dating advice this Valentine's Day. And what does marriage have to do with the decay of society? Big turn there. (laughs) We discuss. And as always, we'll be crowning our Problematic Woman of the Week. Each week on Problematic Women, we sort through the news to find those stories that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women, those whose views and opinions are often excluded by those on the so-called feminist left. If you are a problematic woman or just someone who supports strong, independent women, please consider supporting us by leaving a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and encouraging others to subscribe. It really does make a difference. All right, let's get to it. are pretty black and white. People are either in or they're out. 
you know, like sushi. I feel like everyone either loves sushi or you hate sushi. <laughs> and honestly, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is one of those situations where people are in or they're out. They're all for it or they're like, this has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> so we have brought Mary Margaret in today in part because she is one of those people that is all in. I feel like I'm honestly a little bit like, eh, it's fine, but I'm like, oh, eh, it is, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not a super enthusiast. Kristen, where, where are you falling on this romance? Well, <laughs> there's caught the attention of the nation. Mary Margaret's like throwing daggers with her eyes <laughs> yeah, at me yeah, right yeah. now, so I'm a little scared. <laughs> no, I'm smiling. I'm being charming. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know. I, let her do her. I don't really have an opinion. Um, I hope it's real. That's all I hope. Like, let's not make this a publicity mm. stunt. Um, and honestly, if I'm being totally on, like, real right now, um, I'm more of a Kanye fan anyway. A oh, Kanye fan? That's a strong wow, stance. That yeah, is. I know. Okay, well, well yeah, Mary Wright, I want your take. Why are you fully invested in Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Well, I think we got to go back to Taylor Swift's origins, right? And to our origins as millennial women when we were younger. I remember driving to my private school with my sisters. We're in our little plaid kilts, and we are singing You Belong With Me. We're singing Superman, Mine, Enchanted. Uh, what's that one about Romeo and Juliet? Uh, Love Story. Love Story. Got we're you. singing all of it. You, yeah, you see, you're secretly a <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, the, all of those songs are about romance. They're about love. They're about finding your special person and living happily ever after, which I think people forget about Taylor Swift. They're like, oh, she dates all these guys. Oh, she's a feminist. No, she wants to find the love of her life and live happily ever after, which is kind of the fairy tale motif that all girls are looking for, Right. And so Taylor Swift went through this very long relationship with this English guy, a London boy. And you get that reference? Yes, I got it. Don't worry. I'm here. I heard that song. (laughs) So she went through this long relationship with this guy for six years. They kind of hid themselves from the public. Uh, this, he wasn't really into the publicity, which is kind of funny because, you know, he's dating Taylor Swift. You'd think that he would be Comes a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they dated for a really long time. And her last couple songs about this are about how he's losing her. You know, like she really wants him, but he's not fighting for her. It's very sad. That's that's how their relationship concluded. And then she meets Travis Kelsey, who came to one of her concerts and made a big fuss about her. And they started going out. And now she's going to his football games. He's this big, strong, masculine man, despite his support for the vaccine mandates or Pfizer or whatever he's got going on there. (laughs) Very masculine man. And maybe the most masculine man she's ever dated. Like, if you look at the rest of the guys that she's dated, Taylor Swift, one of the most beautiful women in the world, I think most people would say, she has dated a whole slew of very effeminate soy boys. Yeah. I'm not going to like <laughs> mince words here. And now she's got this big hunk of a man, Travis Kelsey, who plays football and is literally like doing the modern equivalent of, I think a lot of men look at football as like the modern equivalent of like gladiators, mm. right? Like they're these big strong men that fight. If we had gladiators now, it would probably be like Travis Kelsey. And uh, what's his name? Flabby Patty. That's what my brother calls Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a fan. But um, anyways, so we have this Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift relationship. And I think for the first time, she's like, wow, I'm public with this guy that really likes me. We are having a lot of fun and she's happy. Mm. So, you know, and I get why people are mad that she's on TV a lot during the football game, but she is dating a A high profile football player. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is great. Like, I I think Evie Magazine did an article about how if Taylor Swift 
and uh, Travis Kelsey get married, we're going to see a big baby boom with all these girls who are going to copy her and have babies as well. You know, we don't know if that's what actually is going to happen, but I think that they have a point that so many girls care about what Taylor Swift does, and now all these girls are seeing Taylor Swift with a masculine man. I think that's promising. I think this is good. Could we have more marriages if Taylor Swift got married? Could Taylor Swift mm. actually create a marriage spree? A, a marriage spree, yeah. a boom yeah. in marriage, just Maybe. like she boomed the economy <laughs> in some states. <laughs> really, though, <laughs> literally. Well, Kristen, do you hold to the fact that Travis Kelsey is the first "quote unquote" man, real man that Taylor Swift has ever dated? I can see it definitely. However. I do think Taylor Lautner, in terms of build, <laughs> at least, definitely also, yes, he was younger. Maybe it was. it's unfair to, you know, have like a teenage young 20 guy compared yeah, to yeah. this massive football player that's been living, eating, breathing football for the last how many years. Um, but I do see what you're saying here. Um, Travis, we're on a first name basis now. Um, <laughs> Travis has definitely shot his shot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the the bracelet um, at her concert yeah, and just that. the massive support um, that he's provided her. Definitely can appreciate that. That's right. like strong foundation for any relationship. And I think she has always done what she's doing. We just never saw it as publicly as she's doing now, which right. is supporting her man in any way possible. That's why, to your point, she wanted to be fought for. Um, yes. Like every woman does. Everyone yeah. wants to be fought for. And yeah. he's letting her support him publicly, too, which I right. think is a big point. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, I just... You know, there's there's some things she's done, too, recently that I'm like, okay, maybe she's not totally – I'm going to get blasted for this. But <laughs> maybe she's still got some insecurities, which is humbling. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The ex-girlfriend, I can't remember the name, she allegedly wouldn't allow into some of these, like, final, like – matches of uh, football like his Travis's uh, ex-girlfriend I can't remember who she is but she was planning on going to a game and security was told by Taylor not to let her into certain sections or some people were saying even to the game itself and again that that might just be rumors from e-magazine or fake news I think that ex-girlfriend is is bad news though yeah I mean really bad things about oh. them so i mean mm. fair 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 but also like control your actions not hers <laughs> yeah true except that if if i was in that situation i was dating travis kelty and his ex was showing up in my section i'd be like please get rid of her yeah so. fair. <laughs> and it does Take show away. if nothing else i always thought this was super fake like i thought this was a publicity stunt like i do think the kanye taylor kim whole <laughs> debacle is a publicity stunt um it could. I had thought that that was the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift relationship, but her acting like that has kind of made me question my theory. So perhaps, mm. if nothing else, it's, it shows the authenticity of the relationship. Mm. Maybe. Okay. Still okay. skeptical. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, since not all of us can have a high profile relationship like Taylor Swift <laughs> and Travis Kelsey, we live in the real world. <laughs> we need dating advice. We need wisdom from people around us. So, up next, we are going to talk specifically as Valentine. Valentine's Day is in six days. We're going to talk dating advice. We're going to have a special guest joining us here in a minute to do that. But first, I want to tell you all about a super fun way that you can stay connected with Problematic Women throughout the week. If you don't know already, Problematic Women is on Instagram and you can catch highlights of the show, different reels from our recordings here, social graphics, and often just stay informed on the news that you as a Problematic Woman 
care about when you follow our Instagram account. So just open Instagram, search for Problematic Women, look for that bright pink logo so that you stay up to date with our show every week. Let's talk dating. Wednesday is Valentine's Day. If you're single, Valentine's Day, it can be hard in some ways. Honestly, this year, I'm a little bit glad as a single person that Valentine's Day is on a Wednesday because it's sort of like, well, you can't really do much on a Wednesday night anyway. So, True. And um, it's Ash Wednesday. So. And it's Ash Wednesday. Mm. Yes, absolutely. The more important part of Wednesday. Um, if you are single, I have a prescription for you to make it less sad. I did this in college. and It's actually a great way to spend Valentine's Day. Um Go to Chick-fil-A, get nuggets, and get sushi. And it kind of works to have them both. And watch the movie (laughs) About Time, which is like the sweetest, most underrated romance movie of all time. It's fantastic. So don't be sad. Get yourself some Chick-fil-A, some sushi, and watch About Time. Uh, But let's talk dating and advice for dating because if we're being honest, it can be rough out there in the age of online dating and apps and people getting married later and later and not taking relationships seriously. But we can only give so much advice as women. Sometimes we have to have some expertise from our male friends. So Philip Reynolds is our special guest. Welcome, Philip. Thanks for having me. Philip <laughs> works here at the Heritage Foundation. And I think it's probably about, um, gosh, what, like two years ago you joined the show? Two or three years ago? You joined at some point during it was, COVID. It was during COVID because I remember calling in from my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to not, have not you like, back yeah. on. <laughs> Uh, We're glad to have you and to have some of your expertise as we talk dating. So let's kind of do some rapid fire quick questions first. What are either a a great date that you've been on or a really bad date? And I would say not necessarily because of the person that you're on the date with, but it could be because of the situation, the location, how much they planned or didn't plan, that kind of thing. I'll go first and then we'll go around best date um, was very, very thought out. I was very impressed. It was a first date. We went hiking and he brought um, charcuterie for the top of the mountain and a whole thing to make hot chocolate. And I was just very, it was just very thoughtful. It was winter. We were hiking. And I was like, that was really generous and really kind to just think through, okay, we're going to get to the top of the mountain. We'll be hungry. We'll be cold. So he brought like this little stove thing to make hot chocolate. I was like, oh, so cute. cute. Well done. I like that. Well done. So, uh, and I have been blessed to not ever have a total train wreck on a date. <laughs> um, I would say probably lows are just when you, uh, you've met someone online and you go and you sit down and they don't know how to talk or carry mm, on yeah. conversation and you just have mm. to carry the whole conversation for an hour. That's the worst. That's rough. Philip, you want to jump in? Yeah, I think I got one. Um, this, it, it I, I don't know if I've ever been on a date that went catastrophically wrong. Um, like, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like in sitcoms you see that happen a mm-hmm. lot. And then usually a, a bad date doesn't necessarily look like you, like, you know, driving your car into a river or something like that. But I will <laughs> say this not. one time. I, I picked someone up and we were – part of it's on me. I didn't I didn't plan super well. I was like, what do you want to do? And they were like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, um, we could go, like, to the Arboretum. It was, like, springtime. Um, and it was starting to look nice out. And so we just, it was like one of those instances, as soon as you get around each other, you're just like, it's not clicking. Yeah. 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 And you're you're just like, dang. Um, and you're trying to think of stuff to talk about. So we're driving in like, if you live in DC and you've driven to the Arboretum, 
Um, if you're driving from kind of the middle of the city, you kind of have to go through a pretty rough area of town to get there. Yeah. Mm. So I'm sitting there at a stoplight, and I'm just like, man, uh, this is just not like I don't know. It's just it's not, not going driving. amazing. And then I look over, and I'll never forget this. It was like a Seven Eleven right there. I forget if it's on Maryland. It's out near like Bladensburg, though. Yeah. It might have been Bladensburg. Um, and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. But there's a 7-Eleven and there's a kid holding another kid. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. He's holding another kid up against the ice machine and just like wailing on Like they're no. fighting. Like two, and it, it wasn't like a bullying thing. It was like two teenagers just like like going at it. Going at it. This kid, he was like working this kid and like just wailing on him. And oh, I just no. remember thinking like. I don't know why this is so funny right now. <laughs> Maybe it's like emblematic of what's happening. Or I'm not like, sure. So that, on? that one really sticks out in my mind is like, just like. That sounds dramatic, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was Did weird. she see it? I don't know. And I kind of wanted to point it out. But then I was like, is she going to think I'm a bad person for like kind of laughing at that? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't remember if I pointed it out. I mean, I think I did like later. I was like, I remember telling people, I was like, man, I saw this kid wailing on this kid Seven Eleven at the ice machine. Oh, first, day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. first and last. We didn't go out after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mary Margaret, any any hot takes on that? Uh, well, yeah, I've I have well, I have a couple good first da- or not first dates, but like good good dates. Yeah, I think one of the most romantic dates I've been on was uh, the guy took me to a jazz club, mm, and oh. it was very romantic, like uh, kind of out of La La Land, you know, where you go mm, in yeah. and you order cocktails, nice. and the tables are really small, and so it's very intimate. You sit kind of close together. It's a good second date, I feel like, once you know that you like are more sure that you like somebody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then they play jazz music, and they turn the lights down. It's very romantic. Um, but I am a sucker for a good, like, sunset hike or sunset winery situation. And I was laughing to myself thinking about some of my worst dates. Because, again, like Virginia, I don't think I've gone out with very many guys that would treat me badly. I try to make a point of only going out with guys that will be nice to me. But um, <laughs> there was one guy who I met at Trump Hotel right out of college. And I he he was very, like, confident. And I was kind of, like, swept off my feet. I was like, oh, wow. Like, he picked me up at Trump Hotel. We went on a date. And I started counting how many times I could say, that's so awesome. Or, Ooh. that's so great. And he Yikes. did. It, it was, like, so bad. Like, no oh, questions no. about me for probably, oh. like, an hour. And I just kept saying over and over, that's so awesome. Mm, that's so great. Oh, Until no. he stopped talking. Uh, and then I was telling Philip yesterday, I had a guy show up really hungover to a date one time. Ooh, and not attractive. No, it was not attractive. And I'm pretty sure he went to the bathroom and, and yacked. So Ew, it was not. That was not a good Man, one. That's not good. <laughs> that's funny because like, it's like at the holidays when you're like running out of stuff to say to family, you just start reverting to the like, I don't know, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know how many of that I got it's left like, in cool. me. Like, oh. yeah, cool. Awesome. Very good. Oh, now that's we know crazy, what man. Philip does when he's. <laughs> I know. It's your tell. But like, seriously, once you realize that someone doesn't care what you have to say, you're just kind of like, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. He's talking. going to sit and listen. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Well, what is some dating advice and maybe some dating do's and don'ts, whether it's first dates or when you've just kind of gotten into a relationship with someone? If if your younger sibling came to you and was like, hey, I, I need some advice. I don't know what I'm doing here. Well, what would you tell them? Brother or sister? Ooh. Ooh. My younger you sibling's pick. already married, so... <laughs> Well, I got like a younger, younger sibling. He's like 20, so. Yeah. What advice did you give to Tim? <laughs> uh, Tim's one of Tim our doesn't, Tim here, doesn't FYI. tell me as much as people think. I think I find things out later and I'm like, oh, cool, man. Like he told me that, uh, sorry, I'm like calling you out, Kristen, but 
he um it was like very early on for y'all and he like asked you to go to cycle bar with him and he didn't realize it was valentine's day the day he asked you to go with him. <laughs> Girl. That was so. our first date. That like was the date that was never supposed to happen. Yep. Oh, I love it. So I that's out. why no. when you asked the, what was your best or first date, I was like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. So he told me before that he was like, oh my gosh, dude, it's Valentine's Day. What have I done? I was like, he's like, I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day when I asked her to go with me to Cycle Bar. Yes, but, he did. Uh, <laughs> he totally. His, his he might have played that, it off as confident, but I don't think he did it His part of that story was, uh, was he knew, but I had accidentally blown him off so many times or invited other people to, like, quote-unquote dates, which were never clearly dates, right. that oh. I, I just, I was like, you know what, it's Valentine's Day, but, like, we're both single, it doesn't matter, we'll just, like, yeah. sushi yeah. and chick fil yeah. it, yeah. and it. we'll chill, you do it. and no. then everything worked out, so. Well, Aww. and I think I've said this on the show before, but this this is my advice to guys, is shoot your shot, like, yeah. just do it. Who oh cares my gosh, if it's Valentine's yes. Day, who cares if you're worried that they think you're weird or whatever, like, just shoot your shot. Absolutely, I I, if, if I were talking to my little brother, and actually I have said this, shoot your shot. Um, be confident. Yeah. I know so many girls that are single that would absolutely go out with guys that maybe they don't even find attractive if the guy was more confident and he just asked them out. Personally, my pet peeve is the boys at church. Mm. <laughs> church guys need to be more confident. Yeah. Uh, like after church, I myself and multiple of my girlfriends have had like – different guys come up to us after church and ask us out and that is a great way to do it like you it see is. someone in church you think they're pretty you know go you have to your them. values yeah yeah it's, it seems so easy and then also like what's the worst thing that happens she says no like yeah it's not creepy to tell someone hey i think you're beautiful and i saw you at church you want to go on a date yeah i mean maybe that's like perfect yeah that's everything right? any girl ever wants she literally <laughs> will text all of her friends and be like oh my gosh and then they'll all respond like ship i can't wait for your wedding yes. like they'll all escalate <laughs> exactly oh, exactly oh, all right but we well, need we need the male perspective i was gonna here. say actually i think i think um confidence is really important uh, you kind of yeah. stole mine because i think if you're gonna ask someone out just go ahead and and make it clear, especially, okay, so Virginia and I were, but we both went to the same Christian college, and I feel like in that setting, it was really easy for lines mm-hmm. to get blurred. You could you could tell someone you like, like, hey, you want to go study with me, or hey, you want to go to this coffee shop and study, and that's a pretty unclear sort of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it never hurts to err on the side of being clear. Yep. So just tell them, like, hey, I'd love to take you out for coffee, or I'd love to take you out to dinner or whatever it is you're asking them to do. Yeah, yeah. I like call it. Call yeah. people out. Yeah, would it's you be nice you could know. even say would you be free for a date this week? Yeah. I love that. I think it's really it's really impressive. And then when a guy says I would like to take you on a date. Like, I like the, I would like to take you. Like, that makes mm. me feel, like, very feminine. I'm like, yes, take me. In <laughs> not, yeah, it's not like you're setting up a job interview. You're saying, like, hey, I'd like to spend time with you. And yeah. so it's little things like that that actually go really a long way. So little, like, even your, just, your choice of wording is important because it sends a message about your intentions. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. So be clear. What is something that you all look for? In someone, maybe give like two things that you look for in someone that you want to date um, that are like big green flags. You're like, if they have X, I'm in. I think right away, someone who is is just self-aware um, and also like a great way to just get a gauge of who they are is watch how they treat service workers. Mm-hmm. Watch how they treat yeah. waiters or a cashier or staff. Yeah. That tells you so much about who a person is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that I think that those are huge. both like really important things, but especially the ladders and easy. It's an easy way just to observe who someone is. Yeah, yeah. totally true. 
I would say, first of all, I would only date someone that has the same faith in politics as I do. So mm-hmm. that's like kind of a prerequisite for me. Sure. I need them to be a practicing Catholic and then um, very conservative. But beyond that, I notice immediately how someone talks about their family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm a very big family girl. So if someone talks about their siblings negatively, I really don't like that. Or if there's any kind of in- indication that um, they're not a fan of their family, that really worries me. Um, and vice versa. If they're, if they're passionate about their family, I'm excited about them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it absolutely has to do with treating people that aren't necessarily involved in your interaction with them. Um, But big for me is confidence. And I think that has a lot to do with just the type of person I want to be. And that's something I've found relationships that haven't worked out have lacked in relationships that, well, the relationship that has worked out (laughs) (laughs) has. um, And that's really just that, that confidence and acceptance of who you are and your faults and the unconditional love that comes with that. Um, I'm saying that as someone who never really had that in a relationship until mm-hmm. now, and it's just game changing. Like, talk about intentions, talk about um, not, you know, like what you're wanting in a partner. That unconditional love of, of who you are is just key. And um, anyone that finds that is, is just blessed beyond measure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what is the end goal of? dating some some argue okay it's to grow as a person it doesn't always have to be to get married and i I think there's elements of that right that's true we grow a lot through the dating process you learn a lot about yourself you get to meet cool people but at the end of the day we we date to get married like (laughs) that's what we're doing we're we're trying to find a life partner so what is the point though of marriage Mm. (laughs) marriage uh is if done well it makes us it makes us more selfless uh, it makes us hopefully more confident. It highlights all of our weaknesses mm-hmm. so that it teaches us to you know that we're not perfect, that we need other people. It gives us opportunities to grow. Uh, it's also fun, right? Like you you meet a couple who has a healthy marriage, and even though it could be hard and challenging, they're having fun. They have a life partner to do life with. So I think that that's one element of the point of marriage. Two, of course, as speaking as a Christian, it is a reflection, right, of Christ and his church that we are representing what uh, what Christ has, has done for us, this relationship that he's invited us into. And there's so much language all throughout Scripture of the bride of Christ. And so when we get married, it's this image, a reflection back of of the relationship that God wants to have with those who follow him. And then I would contend that it also is a huge blessing, not just for us, but for society as a whole, that society is actually better and improves when we're married. And I'm curious to talk a little bit more about this because I don't like people don't really talk about that a lot, about advocating for marriage, not just for you, but for society as a whole. Mm -hmm. What do you all think about that? I think part of that comes down to how you see marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing a little bit of reading last night to get ready for this um, in Tim Keller's The Meaning of Marriage, which if you haven't read Tim Keller, would highly recommend. And one of the things he talks about is how uh, the purpose of marriage for the longest time, at least in, in like Western c- civilization, Western society, um, was both – it was sacred. It mm-hmm. was uh, for – specifically, especially for the Catholic Church, it was a sacrament to God. Um, and even in the Protestant view, it very much is viewed as something that's sacred and also for the for the common good um, 
I know Catholics view the same as well. Um, and it was something you did that that benefited you, but ultimately it was actually to to, to worship God. It was to benefit society. Um, and obviously it's just, it's not just this utility that we participate in to make society better. But the sad thing that happens during the Enlightenment when ideas on morality and virtue and institutions were really challenged and pretty deconstructed, um, the views of marriage at large started to shift away from that and more so towards this idea that it was it was really just a contract. It's like mm-hmm. a social contract mm-hmm. you had with somebody. Um, and I think part of the reason we see disillusionment with marriage is because – people really just see it as like it's essentially for a lot of people like a sexual contract. Yeah. Yeah. It's boiled down into you're basically just trying to pick a partner you're going to enjoy for the rest of your life. So you basically either better get it right or just don't get married and just mm-hmm. enjoy a widespread, which that's such a false um, – there's so, there's so many falsehoods hidden in that that are really dangerous that I think people don't see. Um, but I think ultimately I was getting somewhere with this. Um, <laughs> I do think like – Virginia, a lot of what you said was was what I was going to say, which is I, I, I look at my own parents and they modeled virtues um, of God the Father for me to yeah. watch. Um, in some ways, they are like the extensions of God in the lives of children. Um, they are they're the stewards that essentially like help raise us and bring us to a better understanding of God. So I watched the way that my father protected our family and the mm-hmm. way my mother sacrificed. And each of those actually are, are aspects of of how we interact and commune with God. Yeah. It's really powerful. That's amazing, Philip. Uh, I, I I would really second everything that you just said. And I would add that for me, growing up as a Catholic, the understanding was always that you get married so that you can help your spouse get to heaven. So you're, mm. you're promising to help each other go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the kids that you raise are also promising to help each other get your kids to heaven. Mm. So you're all in this together, you know, like working towards that end goal. Mm. And uh, I think that's part of the reason, actually, that so many marriages struggle nowadays is that, like you were saying, it's viewed as a contract, maybe a sexual contract or, or a practical contract rather than um, – a something with a higher goal to it. So when when marriage and family is based on like your eternal salvation versus you like you know who's taking the kids to soccer practice, there's mm. a big difference there. Yeah. And and I think that that's part of the reason also why so many marriages struggle is that people aren't looking at marriage as something lasting. Divorce yeah. is so common. Yeah. Annulments are more common. Um, people living together, cohabitation is so much more common. Prenups. Prenups. And then, you know, hookup culture has made it so that so many people are uh, less incentivized to marriage, especially men who, you know, if they if they can um, have casual sex whenever they want, they're not worried too much about locking a woman down. We hear so much about situationships nowadays and men being afraid to commit to different women. All of this is tied together. Um, but we see so much I, – first of all, sexual satisfaction in marriage is so much higher than outside of marriage, which is kind of a hilarious statistic to me because the people who would hate that statistic are so bothered by it. They're like, oh, the, the married people are supposed to be like religious zealots. They're not supposed to have like high Great sexual sex. satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's true. And um, anyways, I'm getting away from my point here. But it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point though. It, it, I think it's an important point to bring up. But anyways, um, and I think that – when a marriage is focused on not just uh, yourselves and your own satisfaction and your desires, but on a higher good and on your children, uh, it's much more likely to flourish. And that kind of inherently has to be centered on faith uh, or else it's it's really going yeah. to flounder. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why 
we could even take this back to the founding. I know you love history, Philip, but like that's one of the reasons why our country is so unique with having that under God. We were formed as a country with this kind of religious uh, foundation because like Abraham Lincoln and a lot of other smart people said that foundation is critical for a house to stand just like a mother and a father or a husband and a wife are. Um, and I think that's kind of why we're seeing this societal rot just take over our country. We've normalized divorce. We've normalized the hookup culture. We've normalized fatherless children, which is just perpetuating the problem further and normalizing things that are just sinful and despicable, frankly. Um, That's why we have some of the issues at the border, like human and sexual trafficking that Mm. we're seeing. Um, There's just so many outcomes from, you know, my heart goes out to those people, you know, that need to be divorced or feel the need to be divorced Mm -hmm. is uh, probably a better way to put that. Um, I feel for you guys, but it shouldn't be the answer. Mm -hmm. It should, like, we should be in pursuit of flourishing families yeah. and a culture that loves marriage rather than looks to get out of it. Yeah. A side note on the the kind of like fixation on fatherlessness. If you guys think, have you guys heard of like the orphan narrative model? I don't think so I have. So in no. one of my classes in college, we talked about this and we were, we were saying how basically almost every major plot line in modern storytelling in like the last hundred years centers around an orphan character. Wow. And if you, if, if mm. you first you're like, no, that's not. And then if you think about it, you're like, dang, it th- is Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, <laughs> mm. Frodo Baggins. Like there's a mass, almost every, like there's oh so many just Disney movies. Like you could prob- probably over half, even Cinderella. Like, I think Cinderella, oh, right. even like yeah. finding Nemo, like he does have a dad, but the whole point is him being separated from his dad and his, mom and his mom's dead, which like messed me up as a kid. I'm like <laughs> the whole movie. I waited for her to come back. Oh, and he got to, and I was like, where's she at? And I was Stop. like, so oh my sad. gosh! No, look, the whole movie—that's all I cared so about. I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna find him. It's a Disney movie. It'll be okay." Oh, that Do- is true. Like in Bambi, it's about the Bambi getting separated. I love Bambi. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Ariel no. doesn't have a mom. So there's oh, wow. this obsession with like, and you could even replace fatherlessness with just like orphan mentality, mm-hmm. and that's heartbreaking. And the the beautiful thing about marriage is that it. It insulates children from that. It keeps them safe from that. Because if you have like a world of orphans, you're going to have a world of people who essentially like don't know who they are. Yeah. They're going to have it's it's like a world of identity crisis. I think we're seeing that right now. And that's what we're even seeing like a return to paganism in a lot of ways. You look yeah. in like a lot of like high art and fashion. You're seeing yeah. like strong pagan imagery. And I, I don't think it's because there's more evil now in the world than there's ever been. I think there's always going to be. There's nothing new under the sun. Like yeah. evil's always going to be prevalent in the world. It's the world we live in. But you do see people searching for something else. And I think a lot of it is because, like, they don't know what it means to have a father. And that, we're, oh, no, go ahead, Mary. Well, and I think that's reflected in trad culture recently as well, right? Yeah. Where, in fact, a lot of my friends and people I know who are drawn to trad culture come from families that weren't great. Mm-hmm. that families don't yep. treat them well. And so they're thinking, okay, I want to give my children the best possible life. I want them to be happy and secure and safe. I want them to be healthy. I'm going to try and be part of this kind of aesthetic or idea to raise my kid the best way possible. And I think that's partially a response to this really pagan culture. And then, you know, all these guys, I side note, another Catholic note, I feel like all these guys are drawn to the traditional Latin mass, which we know mm. that the Biden DOJ is not a big fan of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all these guys are being drawn to this because I think they're like, we got to reject the paganism of the world and go to the closest source of like whatever is like the strictest, most like pure yeah. thing we can find. The yeah. beauty as of I, the mystery too. Yeah. I can attest this as a guy, my Instagram feed, I'm not even Catholic, but I get like hit with a ton of these tra- 
trad trad west trad yes. <laughs> trad trad men pages um and they're all like glorifying these like kind of crusader sort of figures mm-hmm. which is I do that. Yeah, it's very indicative of like it's a hard pendulum swing, mm-hmm. not necessarily to like the best and the most right thing, but just in the reverse direction of this like hedonism, this self-serving kind of paganism we're yeah, seeing. Definitely. Well, and you look at the fruit, right? That it's it's secular culture has affirmed marriage is helpful for society. The yeah. National Library of Medicine says that children from single parent and step parent families have higher poverty rates, lower levels of educational and occupational attention uh, than children do who are growing up with both biological or to adoptive parents. Uh, rates of uh, alcohol abuse are higher among mm. single men. Crime rates are higher among single men than they are married men. I mean, just the the fruit is... It's obvious. Mm-hmm. So get married, guys. Yeah. As the great Tucker Carlson <laughs> said, said, get married. Get married. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned because up next we crown our problematic woman of the week. Five days a week, two episode formats, one mission to deliver the news you care about and analysis on the biggest issues facing America. The Daily Signal podcast brings you two episodes every day in the same podcast feed. Each morning, catch interviews with policymakers, leading experts, and conservative activists as we discuss some of the greatest challenges facing our country and offer solutions for a brighter future. And every weekday at 5 p.m., we bring you the top news of the day. These are the headlines you care about. Subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You never miss out on our morning interviews or evening news. It is that time. Once again, our favorite time of the week here on Problematic Women. Time to crown our Problematic Woman of the Week. And the crown goes to Kate Warman. So Kate, with her husband, JJ, they host the Heart of Dating podcast. So if we have been talking a lot about dating on this show, but of course, we don't talk about dating every week. So if you want a great source to dive deeper into this topic of dating, marriage, love, relationships, how do we do it well in this crazy world in modern times? The Heart of Dating podcast is a great resource. I have a lot of friends that have really benefited from the wisdom that Kate and JJ offer on that podcast. And Kate actually started the Heart of Dating podcast before she got married. And so she really has a great perspective of, okay, how do you do this well as a single person? How do you do it well engaged? How do you do it well married? So check it out. But Philip, Mary Margaret, thank you both for being with us today. This has been really fun. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Great. All right. Well, we are going to leave it there for this week's edition of Problematic Women. Join us next Thursday morning for a brand new edition. And in the meantime, please subscribe and share. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world. And we would greatly appreciate you taking a minute to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you'd like to listen to the podcast. Happy Super Bowl Sunday and happy early Valentine's Day. Yay! Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. And be sure to follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.